0: you are listening to the living room confessional podcast welcome back to another episode of the living room confessional. I'm your host Courtney. And today we have Jessica Williams back on. So you may remember her from our episode about dismantling the interview process. Well, today we're going to be talking about salary negotiations, which I know is a really hard topic for a lot of people. I for one have had to negotiate my salary a few times. And it's not always easy because you're basically asking for money. And it's a Very awkward situation. I'm not going to talk too much on here, but basically, what we're going to do today is kind of go through the process of how you should ask for a salary increase, how to negotiate your salary, and just give you a few tips and tricks here and there that you can use along the way and actually help you kind of understand when you should ask for salary increase and what you should actually be doing before you ask. So I think this is going to be a really helpful episode. I'm pretty sure that very few of us um, will go through our entire careers without ever having to negotiate our salaries. So I hope that you find this episode to be really helpful and that you'll just kind of keep this information in your back pocket so that one day if you need it or if you know someone else going through a negotiation process and they may need, you can always reference back to this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and have a good week. Hi, Jessica. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, I'm excited to be back. (laughs) I'm excited to have you back. So today we're going to be talking about salary negotiations and kind of that process and answering a lot of questions that I've had that I know other people have had and just try and really get a better understanding of how to negotiate your salary and really prepare yourself to negotiate your salary. Let's start off. And before we kind of dive in and just for people who didn't hear you on the last episode, why don't you reintroduce yourself?
1: Absolutely. So yeah, Jessica Williams. I am an HR executive by day. And then I would say by night I do career coaching, but I have been in HR for almost 10 years. So started out basically as a generalist and kind of worked my way up to an HR executive level. So when, as we have this conversation, like I have been the one doing the negotiating. So it's kind of ironic to get my standpoint, because obviously I have certain tactics that I use with people to try to get them where I want them to be. But um, yeah, I've, I've coached people through these conversations. And then obviously I've been the one setting the, um, compensation. Like I've done the mapping, I've done all that stuff for a company before. So it's kind of both sides because I'm normally the one like fighting for somebody to get more money. But at the same time, I realize the flip side of it, the business side. So I'm excited to have this conversation.
0: Okay. Awesome. Now let's start with a kind of basic question. Why do you think it's so hard for people to negotiate their salaries?
1: It's uncomfortable. Like most people do not like being uncomfortable. And for asking somebody for more money, that's like a fundamental, like people don't like to talk about money. They don't want to feel intimidated. And it's also, there's a power dynamic there because you're asking for something and the person can say no. So there's also like an underlying feeling of being rejected. So a lot of people just decide what rather than be rejected or rather than not get what I want, I'm just never going to ask. And then you stay in the same place and you're mad about it. So a lot of people just like stay in the same place and they're salty about it for 10 years, but you never said anything, you know? So it's a really hard thing. And I also think as women, we just, I've heard women tell me this, like, oh, when they think I'm ready, they'll give me a promotion. No, that is not true. (laughs) Um, I have seen women like literally working crazy hours and like they're going to recognize me. And sometimes it does work out. So don't be fooled. Like sometimes someone will see that you're working hard and they will give it to you. However, most times like you will continue to work like that and you won't get recognized because you never said anything. But meanwhile, John over here doesn't do anything. And he's asking for a promotion every other day. So (laughs) you have to, you have to say something, open your mouth and say something, but it's uncomfortable and you have to fight through being uncomfortable and it's not going to even, I could like prep someone and I'll give you tips, but it's still, you're still going to have that shaky
0: feeling on the inside. It's still going to be uncomfortable, but you got to fight through it. Yeah. I know in my experience, I've done salary negotiations maybe twice Mm -hmm. and only come through once actually getting my increase Mm -hmm. and I literally read books. I went online and <laughs> read articles. Was I was basically amazing. like, I'm doing the homework and it wasn't even to, it wasn't even to kind of tell them why I deserved <laughs> like to get an increase. Yeah. It was more or less how to sit there and talk to them and be confident. Yeah. And sadly for me, I'm um, The first time, all of that, the minute I sat in that chair, I became so uncomfortable. It all went out the window. Mm -hmm. The second time, because I knew the manager a lot better, I was a little more comfortable and they knew it was coming because I had been dropping hints. Yeah. But it honestly, it doesn't get easy no matter how many times you do it. It's crazy.
1: It's one of those conversations that you just have to push through. You have to make a decision, set a date and push through it. Like a lot of times I've seen where people, and this is not gender specific at all, but I have definitely seen where like women will get in front of someone and just freeze and just mm-hmm. decide, I'm not going to talk about it. No, <laughs> push through. Cause you have, if you don't say something, like I said, you, you're, you know, close mouth, don't get fed. There you okay? go, go old school,
0: <laughs> but that's true. <laughs> so let's start here. What are some of the things you should consider before negotiating? Absolutely.
1: So the biggest thing to your point earlier is you need to have your data. So come with the receipts. So look at your performance review. Is it saying that you've been like exceeding expectations? So have data. And when I say data, not just like, I think I'm doing a better job than X, Y, Z. No, you need to be talking about yourself. Don't go into this saying, I'm so much better than Johnny over here. No, what are you doing? So have the receipts. This is what I've been doing. Let's just for purposes of an example, say like this is what I've been doing for the last six months. So these are the tasks that I've completed. Um, Also, have you done research on where you want to be? So in your industry, whatever industry that is, so is it the location? Is it the industry? Is it your years of experience? Do you have information on where you want to be? because a lot of times people go into this and they just expect the manager to tell them like, well, this is what you're going to get. You should that's the wrong way to set up the conversation. You should already have this is what I think I deserve based on what I'm doing. And then that's more of a negotiation than telling somebody to basically tell me what you think I should have. You're giving your power away. You're you're basically telling them to tell you what you want. <laughs> like no, absolutely go into it with research. So if you remember nothing else I say, <laughs> remember, <laughs> receipts, come with receipts. Um, because a lot of times when people have come to me to negotiate their salary, the first thing I, I ask them is, what have you done? And most of the time that stuns them. They, didn't th- they don't think that you'll ask that. So then they, they are thrown off. So <laughs> definitely come with like, what, what have you done? Tell me what you've done to deserve this. That's normally my first question.
0: Okay. Now, let's say your company doesn't share pay grades. So you don't exactly know what your pay grade is. You don't really know how much you can ask, for. you don't know where the top is, the midpoint. You don't know any of that. How do you go about preparing if you don't have that type of information? Yeah. Well,
1: unfortunately, most companies are not fully transparent when it comes to compensation. So most companies do not share their job levels. They don't share the compensation levels. I'm gonna be honest, most of the companies that I've ever worked with, it's rare, rare that we shared that information. And if we did, we made the bands so wide that you would never be able to figure it out. So we literally would say, okay, this is the band and it's like a hundred thousand dollar difference. So you try to figure it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> we did that because it's like we're just saying you don't know. Um, so my suggestion with that is to not compare yourself within the company since you don't have that information, but compare yourself to like the national average, especially now since everyone's remote and people are living in California and, you know, or working in California and live in Oregon or either, you know, the living, you can live anywhere. So compare yourself to the national average for your job. So be as and you can narrow that down. There's a ton of websites you can look at, but you can narrow that down to your location as well. But I think it's more important to have, um, data based on what you're doing and then also another good nugget is professional organizations so most organizations have salary data they get salary from their members so like for me if I wanted to go look at HR data I could go look at SHRM salary data and most organizations have that and if you're a member you can get that information so use that as a resource so it's It would be nice to have that information, but most companies are not going to give that to you.
0: Okay. So that actually brings me to my next question. How accurate do you think sites like Glassdoor, salary.com, I've used Indeed, and then I've also used LinkedIn. If you have premium, they give you salary information. How accurate do you think that stuff is? And should people actually go by those numbers?
1: Yeah. My suggestion is use it as a data point and use more than one. So let's say you are looking for a job. Let's just, for example, say it's a coordinator job. Go on there and look at a coordinator job on salary.com, on Indeed, and on LinkedIn. Like choose three. And they're normally going to give you a range and take that information and use it as data points. Because what's happening on salary.com is that people are voluntarily giving their information. However, some people will go on there and fudge it and say they're making more than what they are. or They're making less, you know what I mean? But most of the companies on the flip side, they're paying for benchmarking. So they're giving the real data and doing benchmarking against other companies. So basically, like as HR, I share the data and then I get information back on what other companies are doing. So I have the real numbers. So I'm not saying like I make more than what I make. I'm telling them what you really make. So that's why companies have more data is because they they're paying for benchmarking. So the free services. I say use it as a data point, um, but it's not the be all end all. But if you're like, let's say you're looking at a job and it says 65 on one site, 60 on another site, you know what I mean? Like average it out. But I do think those websites, they do help. But just realize that some people are going on there and saying they're making more than what they're making.
0: Which also brings me to my next point, realistic expectations. So when you're going into a salary negotiation with your manager, whoever it is, having realistic expectations, preparing yourself, coming in with all of your receipts, as you say, is all part of the process. Now, let's say somebody (laughs) comes to you and they're just shooting, flying off the cuff. And it's just what they're asking for and what they're trying to do is just, unheard of, what would you do in that situation? Do y'all, would you, you probably can see them coming.
1: Um, oh, Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. You cannot pull one over on Jessica Williams, honey. I see you from a mile away. Um, <laughs> but this has definitely happened to me. I once had at a previous employer, I had someone come to me who was underperforming and I knew they were underperforming because obviously I can see um, their performance reviews. So they were underperforming. And, um, and not only were they not doing their job well, but there was also some like them showing up late and not finishing assignments and all that stuff. And then on top of that, they wanted a salary increase. Um, And so kind of to my point earlier, the first thing I said is, well, tell me why, you know what I mean? Like, what have you done? Or what projects have you completed? Um, And they listed off all these things. However, what the things that they were listing were things that the team was doing. So it was a project team. So they were basically trying to like skate up under the radar and say, well, I did all these things when really it was the project team. And so I quickly shut that down. And then, you know, (laughs) and then they came up with the next thing. So my stance is that if you can't truly verbalize like the value that you're bringing, this is a value proposition. So you're basically saying, I am valued at this amount of money pay me. Now, if you cannot say what the value is, why should I pay you? (laughs) And you have to be ready because I mean, to be honest, like most HR professionals, like I have certain people that if they came to me tomorrow, I don't care what it is. I need them here. So we're going to (laughs) pay. Um, But those are the people that also don't ask sometimes. Those are the people that are like, "Oh, oh, oh yes, I'm telling you, I have, I've seen time and time again, where in my head, I want to if I could on the low, tell them like, hey, you could get a raise if you wanted it, but but I can't, you know? Um, so I, I think it's really important to be able to verbalize that. And if you can't be ready, because most of the time the hiring manager, they're going to come back at you. So and it should be a conversation. It's not to be discouraging, but they want you to be able to say why. And if you can't, it's not going to work out. But I think a lot of people get, they freeze. They literally freeze. (laughs) I've seen it time and time again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, to expect somebody to come back and forth when you already know that's an uncomfortable situation or conversation to have. (laughs) That just seems like you're adding fuel to the fire because what they're gonna do is they're gonna back off. Yeah, and that's in, you
1: know what? 80% of people do. They just say, well, I don't wanna go through it. I don't wanna go through it, so forget it. That's bad. (laughs) It's actually, no, it's one of those things that it's almost like sometimes I feel like I could like, I wish I could like take some people to the side and be like, and prep them like, this is how you do it. This is what you say. Um, Because there are so many people out there that are working hard day in and day out, um, and they deserve an increase. But I also think right now, a lot of people, especially in the middle of this pandemic or you know, everything the world's going through, people feel lucky to have a job, which that is a blessing. Let me not disclaim that at all. But at the same time, you still can still ask for more money. So don't think like we're in a pandemic. I can't ask for another dime. There are companies out here that are prospering. Don't be fooled. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're still getting paid a lot.
0: (laughs) Well, how about this scenario? So let's say you are an exemplary employee. However, you bump heads with your manager and you want a salary increase, but that's the person you have to go through. What would be the process for that? Are people even able to kind of go around them and go to HR? Is that a no-no?
1: I would say that's a no-no. Yeah, with that question, that actually happens more than you think, but my suggestion is not to go around them. And it's because they're going to find out. So like if you're going around them and you're saying you want more compensation or- Um, And let me pause right here and just say, fun fact, compensation is not just your base. So we can, that can be a separate question, but I just want to say that like a lot of people think it's all about you negotiating your base. There are other things you can negotiate that a lot of people don't think that are on the table. Believe me, when I say everything is on the table, I have seen somebody negotiate for like their technology that they were going to use and they got it in writing and that's what they got. So just know that everything's on the table. Nothing. If you can think of it, you can negotiate it. (laughs) So that's just word to the wise. But at the same time on this one, I think either you fix that relationship or you move within the organization or you leave. That's the unfortunate truth. Like if you're doing an awesome job and you cannot get along with your manager for whatever reason, that's not the role for you because that is the person that's going to stand in the way. That's the person that's in the leadership meeting. That's the person that's talking on your behalf. Um, and if you can't get around them, then it's time to go.
0: Okay. So let's talk about pre-employment negotiations because I, for one, when I first got out of college, did not know. I was just so excited, honestly. (laughs) people that's a good thing yes I was so excited to get a job that I didn't even think to negotiate my salary I'm just like oh my god I went from hourly now I'm salary and I get PTO nothing else matters (laughs) okay (laughs) I'm an adult now so (laughs) so Let's say pre-employment, this can even help people who are veterans in oh. their career. What are some of the steps you should take for pre-employment negotiations? Well, the first one,
1: and I have seen it be true, and I'll only talk about myself and my own experience, always, always, always counter offer. Never accept the first offer and I have, and I know it sounds crazy, but I'm telling you. So what normally happens, and I'm going to flip back and tell you from an HR perspective, what I normally do with my talent teams and at my employer currently, and then at previous ones is I will say, Hey, um, here's the range that we want to be at. And we can flex up to X a number if we need to. So we'll say the range is 70 to 80, and we can flex up if we need to. So basically if they ask for it, we'll give it to you. But if not, We're not going to say anything. And that's most companies. So most people on average, the average person, when they accept an offer and they do not counter is leaving an average of like $5,000 on the table. So you're, if you would have asked for it, you would have gotten it, but you didn't ask. And so they're not going to tell you. So always, always negotiate. Like even literally like I've had somebody come back to me and their offer, let's just say it was 50 and they countered at like 58. So we went down to 55. They still got the money and that's fine. But we've I've also seen the, the opposite where somebody we were ready for them to counter. So we had someone uh, at a previous employer that we really, really wanted. And we have basically said if they counter, this is the number we're willing to go up to. Um, and they didn't. So they signed the offer and that's what they got. So countering like I telling you, always counter. Um, and here's the worst thing. What if they come back and they say, no, this is our final offer. You're still at the same position that you were in nothing has changed you're still at if you were at 60k you're still at 60k but if you countered at 65 and you got it you do got it so most people are leaving $5000 on the table so counter offer okay that's number 1 um, and then for pre employment you really are kind of going into it blind because and blind on both sides because blind from the employer standpoint, because even though they might check your references, they don't know how you're going to co- come in and do the job. So they're basically taking your word forward and your interview skills and all that stuff. And then obviously you don't know what people there are currently making. So as far as like equity and all that goes. Um, so I say, keep the same thing, do your own research, have a number in your head. Um, another thing is if an employer is asking you what you make at your current job, never, never, never tell them that number. Because what that does, if you've been underpaid, they're going to base what they're going to pay you on what you were previously making. And that just it's like a cycle. You're going to continue to be underpaid. Never give them that number. And a lot of uh, states have outlawed that. That's now illegal in a lot of places. You can't ask that question. Um, But I always suggest giving them a range on where you want to be. And if they get pushy, I know some recruiters are like, no, I want an exact number. No, absolutely not. Say, this is, I'm most comfortable giving you a range based on this current job. Um, Because a lot of times, especially females, will say, oh, I'm making 50K. And then the new employer is saying, well, you made 50K. We're going to give you 60. You should be happy. (laughs) And that's not right. So- yeah.
0: The crazy thing is, even when you're doing the application process, I still see it on there sometimes when they okay. ask you like your salary. I never put what I make. Yeah. Let's just be Never what put right. it what I make. I'm not. No. Don't do it. <laughs> How important is the number that you actually do put on the application? Because sometimes they ask you your salary expectations. I've actually gotten an interview even though I put more than they could actually pay me.
1: Yeah, no. So it depends on the employer because some employers use that at just like as a gauge. So if you're saying you want $100,000 and their budget is 80, um, most of the time they're going to say, okay, you're out of my range. However, my normal is if it's like 10 up or 10 down. So if you're like 10,000 over what I'm willing to pay, and I say willing because most companies will flex for the right person um, or $10,000 under, then most of the time you're within range. Um, So I think just giving them a general range That's what you need to do, but you also need to stick with your guns. Some people lowball themselves to get themselves in the door, and then they wonder why, and they get there and they're unhappy, and then they're scared to ask for more money. So, like, what were you trying to do? (laughs) You just wanted to get your foot in the door, and now you did. (laughs) So, um, I always say go for the number that would that you would be most comfortable with. And I know it's hard right now with so many people unemployed um, that you just some people just need a job. And I understand that. And I respect that.
0: That's actually, that's really good information. Now let's talk about post-employment after you've gotten the job, how long should the average person wait before renegotiating their salary is a year too soon?
1: No, it's not. It's definitely not. Most employers do an annual review. So that's the perfect time to talk about compensation. Um, Especially because if you think about it, once you get in the door, a lot of times what you have on the job description is not all the things that you're doing. Let's be clear. There's a lot of times that you get in there and like someone might leave and then you take on those responsibilities or, you know what I mean? They want to train you to back up someone. So you never know what you're actually going to be doing. So that's the perfect time. I think from an HR employer point of view, because by then after a year, I've seen if you're a top performer, if you're doing everything we need you to do. And then from your end, You can see, you know, this was the job description and these are the things that I'm actually doing. Let's talk about my role compared to my compensation. So Mm -hmm. I think at a year is the
0: perfect time to do it. Okay. So explain to me the importance of having your number in mind.
1: It's really important because if you go into a conversation and you don't have a number in mind, why are you there? What are you exactly asking for? Um, I have had conversations with people who will flat out say, what number will make you happy? And when they cannot give it to me, my thought process is you can't be serious. So if you came to me as HR and you did not have a number in mind, get out of my office. Why are you here? <laughs> and why did you You're wasting my time. So um, I think having a number and doing your research. So coming into this conversation to help you with your nerves, you should be prepared. So come into the conversation with an exact number. Now you don't have to give them that exact number. You know what I mean? You can give them a range of where you want to be based on job, your job and all of that stuff, but you need to have a number in mind. And in my, in my thought process, it needs to be a walk number. So there needs to be a number at which you say, this is not enough. And mind you, we are in hard times right now. Do not under any circumstances, get mad and walk out or just quit your job because they didn't give you what you want. No, no, no. We are going to be adults. OK, you leave and you get your resume together and then you leave. <laughs> so do, do it the right way. Um, but I think it's having that number in mind, but also deciding when is enough enough and it might take you some time. So I'm always of the mind frame before you have a negotiation conversation. Is your resume up to date? OK, because if it doesn't go your way, you need to be ready to start sending out your resume and start applying. But definitely be prepared.
0: Yeah, I had a manager once and. He told me, he said, Give me your walking number. Yeah. He told me, Give me where you want to be at. And he was like, Give me the absolute, like, minimum that you will take and just be okay. Yeah. And so I sent him an email back with all my numbers. Mm -hmm. I didn't get any of them, but (laughs) (laughs) I thought that that was a good way um, to kind of start the conversation with him because. Being able to actually like type that out and send it to him and be able to talk to him as to why I think I should be here, why this is kind of like the minimum that I will take. Well, honestly, during the conversation, it gave me something to look at to kind of- It helps. Like it talking helps. points.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's a conversation. And At that, that point, I will say, um, do not come into someone's office and make this be a surprise. Okay, this needs to be a pre-planned meeting do not dare come in my office and if you have five minutes and then trying to negotiate your salary with me. You will be asked to leave. <laughs> Don't do it. Do not do it. No one wants to be surprised. This needs to be a meeting that's on the calendar. Your manager knows what you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I would highly suggest sending them a uh, email beforehand saying, this is exactly what I want to talk about. Um, and, you know, giving them a chance to read and to understand what, what it is that you're trying to get out of this meeting. Do not do a surprise attack. I can guarantee you it will not go well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm horrible. I put a date on his calendar. I exactly. told him. <laughs> no,
1: that's exactly what you need to
0: do because can I put it in my review. Yeah. They need, to, they
1: want to be prepared. No one mm-hmm. wants to attack. And if you walk into someone's office and also, now that we're talking, you've got me on a roll now. So let's go. <laughs> I am a big proponent of I do not negotiate with terrorists. So if you come to me and you say, give me this or I quit, my response is quit. Please.
0: <laughs> I wish y'all could see her face. Oh, my God. <laughs> she is so oh serious God. right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't, uh-huh. don't play games with me. So that's my advice there too. Don't play games with your HR professional. We are tired. We are tired of it.
0: Oh my goodness. Your face got so serious. I was like, oh.
1: Because it has happened to me and I'm tired of it, okay?
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. So what are some of the tips you can give somebody who feels like they're getting steamrolled during the original meeting for a negotiation? You may have a manager that's just very intimidating and takes over the conversation and just kind of, they basically push back. And that can be one of the first things that kind of scare people away. So when you see that coming, is there something you can do or say to kind of turn that conversation To kind of bring it back to where you want to go. Because I've had managers that try and steer you away from it. They know why you're there. You send an email. You had the conversation. But they just don't want to deal with it.
1: Yeah. So that's a really important one. And I think there's a lot to unpack in that question. So here's the thing. One of my favorite quotes says, if respect is no longer being served at the table, get up. I'm going to say that again. If respect is no longer being served, get up. So. If you have someone that you have sent a calendar invite, they know why the meeting is happening. You have sent over information in an email to discuss what you want, you know, to tell them what you need to discuss with them. And they are steamrolling you through the conversation. Is that the place that you want to work? That's a really like, that's something that I feel like you have to like dig deep and understand, is this the person that you want to work for? Is this the job for you? Now, I'm conscious of the fact that right now it's it's not the time to be looking for a job because so many people are unemployed. But it is the time to realize, like, should you put your time and energy into this job or into this role or whatever it is um, long term? So it could be something that, like, for right now, you continue forward because you need a job. But long term, you decide that's not what you want to do. Now, the flip side to that is um, if someone's trying to steamroll you, there are a lot of tactics that you can use about, like, um, one of the things that I have used before is, like, if someone is cutting me off, um, I will normally say when they stop talking like, hey, I realize, I, you know, I noticed that you're cutting me off. Can would you be OK if I continue to speak? And most of the time that shocks people. Cause they're like, if someone is a straight steamroller, they're used to people just like letting them do that. Um, especially if they're in like a management position, because they're, that's also a power dynamic there. Um, Mm -hmm. so calling someone out normally in a respectful way, normally shocks them into being like, oh wait, what, what's happening here? You know? So I think being respectful about calling someone out, um, And then continuing the conversation. I have definitely, do not let someone gaslight you. So do not let someone say, no, 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 that's not what you really mean, or that's not what you really need, or I know what's best for your career. No, at the end of the day, you need to make a decision for yourself. If this is someone that you trust, then okay, maybe, but if it was somebody that you trust, they wouldn't be steamrolling you. you know. So um, I think knowing your self-worth is a big proponent of this. If someone is not respecting you, get up. That's it.
0: That's the perfect answer. My final question on this topic is going to be after you get a bonus. So we get, at my job, we get merit increases. We get bonuses. When you get um, things like that, Is it still okay to ask for an increase like right after or should you wait a couple of months or because sometimes that's usually like when the year hit and then they're like, okay, well, you will get a merit, you'll get a bonus, blah, 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 blah. Is that still an appropriate time to say, well, I'd still like to talk to you about A salary increase.
1: Absolutely. And I specifically think that for a merit because a merit for most people, they're getting their merit at like an annual time. So most people are getting that like at their service anniversary. So let's say you're getting a merit increase. Just, I'm just throwing out a number of like 3% when you hit your two year anniversary. That doesn't negate the fact that you know, maybe your job has changed or maybe the market has changed. So if that that percentage that they gave you is not getting you to market value, then absolutely still have that conversation. And most of the time from an HR standpoint in the background, I know that I have, I factored that in. I've said like, oh, they're going to get this amount right now and then we'll renegotiate. So it's something that like HR is very much well aware of what's
0: going on in the background. So, yeah. So I know someone in a situation currently who is going to get a merit increase next year. If they take a promotion, they do not get their merit increase. (laughs) To me, it almost sounds like a little bit of a game because right now it's like, okay, do we wait and like get our increase and then like do the offer to accept afterwards so that you don't miss out on that money? Would that be a smart decision to make?
1: Yeah, that's a hard one. Just because I, I do know some companies that like, once you get a promotion, you are in almost like a free state because you just got promoted. And so they put you in that state for equity reasons, because depending on other people in that role, however, in that situation, that seems really unfair to me. Just my HR two cents. That seems unfair to say like, it's either, or like you either get your money here or you get promoted. Um, Yeah. That I would negotiate back on that. I would. So I would push back and say like, I, I, I still want to get what I've earned in this role. um, But if I'm doing, you know, you're getting promoted for a reason. So you're getting promoted because you're doing a good job. So why would you then take something from somebody? Um, So I would negotiate that. I would go back.
0: Okay, I think the reasoning for that that they gave was it's just too close. Yeah, so
1: there. Okay, to so that point, I will say um, to my point earlier when I was talking about like. There's other things besides salary. Mm-hmm. I have seen people negotiate. Um, you can negotiate your bonus. So your annual bonus. Um, a lot of people do bonuses by percentage. I have seen people negotiate their percentage. So, and I mean like before they ever even step foot in the door, their percentage was more than other people's percentage. I've seen people negotiate their PTO. There's obviously normally like a PTO policy, but I have 100% seen someone get that they got an extra week and it was in the offer letter. So- PTOs on the table. I've seen like sign-on bonuses. So let's say they don't want to increase your base because that's obviously like a yearly thing. Um, Then my next thing would say, well, then I would like a sign-on bonus. So if you don't want to up my salary $5,000, then give me $5,000 right now. Now, mind you, the math on that, you know, over the long run, but it's worth a shot. So negotiate a sign-on bonus. Right now, everyone's working from home. But before this, I also saw a lot of people put it in their offer letters that they wanted to work from home. So everything is on the table. So don't let somebody say, well, our policy says, mm-hmm, <laughs> 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 like, mm-mm, mm It's on the table. Everything's on the table. So don't think, a lot of people just think base salary. Think outside the box. So get creative. If a company, especially right now, some companies are having, they have to get creative because they can't afford to increase everybody. And so just, just think outside the box, what's on the table. Um, and from an HR professional, I can tell you, don't be, don't let them gaslight you and say, oh no, we don't do that here. I guarantee somebody's doing it. <laughs> That's
0: good to know. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, this has been very helpful. Thank you. This has been fun. I I enjoy these type of conversations because I, it's funny because I'm the type of person that like, I don't ever have a problem negotiating my salary, but I'm also very confrontational. So I mean, <laughs> it, it <is. laughs> that's like, the t- I'm a type A enneagram. So I'm the challenger. So I'm always up for a challenge. So anytime something happens, like, and mind you, I still get nervous. Like, like I still get those feelings of like nerves, but that I don't let that stop me. So when I feel nervous, that just to me means like I, I'm alive. Like I, I'm feeling the feelings, I keep pushing. And the only way through is through. So my encouragement to anybody out there that is listening, like if you want to have this conversation, do your homework. And also if you need a career coach, call me, but if not, just do your research and just do it, have the conversation. It's going to be scary, but you can do it.
0: I completely agree. Now let's plug all of your stuff again to make sure everybody knows where to find you.
1: Absolutely. So my website is hiddengymcareercoaching.com. And then I'm on Instagram as hiddengymcareercoaching.com dc Um, and then you can find me on linkedin at jessica williams and then behind my name if you put in m-i-p-h which is my master's degree um, in public health then you can find me on linkedin as well
0: okay now you are on the living room confessional yes so we do require a confession at the close of every episode what do you have
1: Yeah. So my last confession, it was ironic because my last confession, I talked about my sobriety and something that's really important to me. So along those same lines, this confession is that I am like super, super, super into like anything holistic. So whether it's meditation, I've done acupuncture, I've gone to like an energy healer. I am all things like spiritual guidance. Now, mind you, I'm a believer in Jesus. So let's be clear, but I'm (laughs) open-minded. But I'm like completely open-minded to what you know—the energy and the earth—and like I am all about it. I want to go on like a yoga retreat and like so. That's my confession is that I'm all things. Like I'm turning into like I don't even know what to call it, but like this has been the year when I really have like tapped into like I want to know what the universe has for me.
0: Uh, I feel like <laughs> you're so self-aware. <laughs> <So awesome. laughs> I like it's so it's just so nice to see. But I honestly feel like a lot more people are getting into that. And it is very, very interesting. I've never seen it on such a wide scale like I'm seeing right now, especially on sites like Instagram. I see so many people just doing different retreats and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's really, it's something that's really picked up over the last
1: two years or
0: so, but I think it's really cool.
1: People are, I pride myself on always being open-minded. So I think a lot of people right now, like with everything going on in the world, like they're seeking comfort through through something, like something out there is going to help me. Now, mind you, I'm a big person on like praying, but every single morning, the first thing I do is I do a 10 minute meditation. And I can honestly say before this, um, I people would tell me to do meditations and I would be like, yeah, whatever. And now I, when I do it, like it really does work. Like, I have been in situations now where I, like, I, I actually, like, consciously think to myself, like, oh, you're not getting angry. Oh, you're not testing. That's good. Oh, you did
0: not, you did not punch the wall. <laughs> that took a turn.
1: <laughs> like Literally, I've had moments where I'm like, my anger is not consuming me. Um, because I, I'm just a really passionate person. And so like my mom always laughs and she says, I have big emotions and I'm like, I do. Um, but meditation is helping. So yeah, that's my confession is that I'm into all things like improvement, whether that's like journaling and meditation. And like I said, I've done acupuncture,
0: which I actually really, really like. It's helped with my headaches. So i nice. Well, I've tried to get into meditation. I'm one of those people. I just, I can't turn my brain off. Like I'll I'll close (laughs) <laughs> I'll sit there and I'm like, I could be doing this. Oh, and I need to do this. And I need to do this. And I'm making a list all of a sudden. And I'm like, dang that's it. Normal. Is this sober <laughs> yet? <laughs> that's,
1: that's normal. It's just you, you have to train your brain, but no, you should do the, um, the calm app or, you know, something like that, where it's just like 10 minutes or something, but
0: you I know I, I'm sad. I did that app so I could listen to Ish, Idris Elba. Like read a book to me so I could go to sleep, and then I did Matthew No,
1: The bedtime stories are awesome. I listen to the bedtime stories. They They are, but
0: that's like the only reason I got that app.
1: It's okay.
0: They work
1: though. I was gonna say the bedtime stories are good. They do work. Sleep is good for you. Okay, before you do your salary negotiation, go to sleep. Okay, make sure you get eight (laughs) hours.
0: Say a prayer before no, you start. <laughs> okay.
1: And invite, uh, one of the things that I do, which is, it's I've recently started doing this and this is ironic, but like before I have meetings, like if I were to go through a salary negotiation right now, but anytime I have like an important meeting right before the meeting, and just, this is just my own religious thinking is I invite God in. So I say, God, will you come with me to this meeting? So I highly encourage you to do that. If you're going to have a salary that. negotiation, I simply say, God, I invite you in. Please come to me. Like come with me to this meeting. Sit with me. Um and it's amazing. It works.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the podcast again. I've really enjoyed this. Uh,
1: I have enjoyed myself and hopefully you'll have me back.
0: Do <laughs> you already know I will? <laughs> I will <know. laughs> we'll say. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want more information on previous or future episodes, please check out my website at thelivingroomconfessional.com. And you can also check out and follow my IG page at livingroom underscore confessional. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye! (laughs)